Welcome to a life-transforming experience with the Word of God from Bishop Napoleon Asian. Napoleon Asian is the son of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the head of the LCI Mission in Cape Town, South Africa. With about 20 years experience in ministry, Bishop Napoleon Asian has been actively involved with the work of God in Ghana, UK, and now a missionary in South Africa. He stands with his father in the ministry, teaching and emphasizing his word with extraordinary grace and faith. Join us now as he delivers the word of God under the anointing. Somebody go ahead, put your hands together. You can do better. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My, my, my. May the Lord arise on our praise. Hallelujah. How many want to lift the Lord up? Bible said that if we lift him up, he will draw all men unto himself. Hallelujah. My God. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to worship, to praise and to glorify your holy name. Lord, we are so grateful for the privilege we have to be part of the living. We don't take it for granted. Oh yes, we know that it is of your mercies that we are not consumed. Your grace is ever with us. We thank you and we bless you in Jesus mighty name. And all the saints shall shout and say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Somebody give the Lord a shout. Please be seated in heavenly places. Hallelujah. Well, I don't know what is happening in terms of the weather. Whether we are changing over to another season or not, but I can see some people are wearing boots. I can see some jerseys. People have been waiting to showcase the new wardrobe they have. So it's okay. Hallelujah. Yeah, just the small drizzling has brought a lot of new things in the system. It's, it's beautiful. Tell the person sitting by you are looking so good. That is why I want you to be my friend. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, it's time to worship the Lord with your substance. It's time to give your tithes. It's time to bless the Lord, not only with the worship of your uh, melody and your singing and dancing. It's all good. But this is the portion of the service where we also honor the Lord. Hallelujah. Where we also worship the Lord. Hallelujah. I did not hear your loudest amen. Okay. So, uh, like I said in our church, we are guided by what we do. God answers or fulfills his promises. Hallelujah. So, anytime you want to do something, look for what God has said concerning it. Hallelujah. Yeah. And when you do it, you see that it becomes a blessing. God will never break his word. He will always honor his word. He will always fulfill his word. So when you are about to do something, look for what God has said about it and remind him that I'm doing this. It's not wrong at all. I'm doing it because of your word. And the word will be fulfilled concerning you. Amen. So take your Bibles with me to 
Leviticus. Leviticus. Those of us who use only the New Testament today, I've got you. Leviticus is in the Old Testament. Okay. Chapter 27. Leviticus chapter 27. And I want us to read from verse number 30 and 31. If you are there, say amen. If you are not there, say wait for me, pastor. Okay, I'm waiting. Only one person. Okay, are you there now? Leviticus chapter 27, verse number 30. Are you there? Okay, can we read it together? One, go. And all the tithes of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. 31. And if a man will at all redeem out of his tithes, he shall add thereto the fifth part thereof. Hallelujah. Amen. Sometimes when we read the King James, you know, the King James translation was in the 17th. So sometimes when you read it, the understanding, you need other English Bible to uh, let you understand. Now, the Bible is saying that all the tithes, not some of the tithes, the tithe is very simple, 10% of whatever God gives you. So if God gives you nothing, the tithe is nothing. Is it easy? If he gives you 100, the tithe is 10. Is that, is that it? And the Bible says that it is the Lord. It is holy unto him. Hallelujah. Yeah. He said it is the Lord. So anytime you go for interview and they give you your uh, salary, you need to calculate it that 90% is yours. That is how you become blessed. You see, some people, you calculate your money with God's money. So you are always in difficulty because you have thought that you are earning uh, uh, what do you call 20,000, but in the actual fact, you are earning 18,000 because 2,000 is the tithe. So, when you calculate your money like that, you will always be safe. Do you understand? Because the Bible says the tithe of the land, whether it's the seed of the land or in the fruit of the tree, it is the Lord's and is holy. Don't touch it. Hallelujah. God said the same thing to. Adam, he said, look, I've given you ten thousands and millions of trees. Eat all, but my tithe is in the garden. Don't touch it. I know why I have put it there. When you touch it, it will bring a problem. Are you here? Yeah. The same way God says that I've created you. Every part of your body you can use it, but a part, don't touch it. You touch it, now you see that there's a problem. <laughs> You touch it now, you see that there's a problem. Are you there? Adam touched God's tight in the garden, and the result is what we are still trying to overcome. Hallelujah. Then he comes to the verse number 31. Look at the verse number 31. He said, If a man will at all redeem out of his tithes, he shall add there to the fifth part thereof. You know, it's difficult to understand. The word that you need to take note of is the word redeem. 
Many people don't understand. It's a very important word that you need to always remember. For the Bible says that Christ has come to redeem us. Do you understand? To be redeemed means to be bought back. So the, 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 the whole Christianity, Christ coming, it means that we originally belong to God. Something happened and Satan owned us. We fell. So he came to redeem us. So I'm just trying to explain this word, redeem. Can we have NLT so that you understand? He said, if a man were at all, okay, to redeem is to buy back. Can you see it? If you want to buy back the lost tenths of the grains or fruits, you must pay its value plus 20%. Ask the person that, will you want to pay the 10% or you want to pay 30%? You ask the person sitting by you that this, I want to find out, what will you want to do? Do you want to pay the 10%, my brother? Have you paid the 10% or you want to pay the 30? Ask the person sitting by you. You owe God 30% if you did not pay last month's uh, tithe. You know, I think that I I, I want to pay the 10 because (laughs) I don't know about you. Some people, uh, they they can take chances. (laughs) If the 10% is so (laughs) difficult for you to manage, how much more? Tell the person, don't try. You can easily not pay. So God says that, I don't mind. I don't if you want to owe me, but if you take the tithe, then you need to pay the tithe plus 20%. Hey, making 30. Tell the person, I have decided never to owe God again. And I want you to join me. What did the person say? Tell the person, it's a good advice. It's a good advice. It's a good advice. Hallelujah. Amen. And when you read Malachi, it says, Anna. You know, one of the ways we honor our parents, our fathers, our aunties, people that God has given us in our lives, is obeying what they say. Do you understand? If your mother, listen carefully. If your mother, there are people who are funny, who always want to say that. Sometimes in a home, your father has provided everything. And he has a small couch that he's sitting to watch television. That is your father's couch. Don't sit in it. Is it a problem? Your mother has everything you can. She has a cup that she used to drink her coffee. Why do you want to drink from that cup? It's holy for her. It's special. Holy means special. Or you did not understand the word holy. Holy means special. Bible said that type is holy, special unto me. So don't touch it. So you go to a home. Then you see that people are sitting everywhere, but they have left. Don't go and sit there, even if you're a visitor. Don't go and sit. Don't say, oh, I did not know. Ask where does the head of the family, where does mommy sit? Where does father, daddy sit? Do, do you understand? When you do that, you have honored. That's what Bible says that in Malachi. When you honor me with the tithe, what I have said is holy and precious unto me. If you honor me, I will open the windows of heaven 
and I will bless you that there shall not be room enough to contain us. Hallelujah. Yeah. So we need to learn these principles in life. Don't go and fight your boss. When you go to the workplace, everybody is sitting in a, a place and your boss has her seat or his seat. Don't go and say, oh, it's a, it's a company seat. That is the one he is using or she is using. Do, do you understand? There are people who always think that, look, we are all equal. and not, We are all equal. But give privileges to people who have gone ahead of you. Amen. And when you do that, it's an honor and you also be honored. Amen. So one way of honoring the Lord, that's why I said that the tithe is an honor. Honor the Lord with thy substance, with your tithe. Honor the Lord. And Bible says that he will also honor you. So this morning, tell the person sitting by you, I'm about to honor the Lord. Tell the person, I cannot pay the 30%. I have decided to give the 10% plus my offering and my gifts. That is what I want to do this morning. Join me as we do it. And God will bless us together. In Jesus' name. Amen. So take your offering, take your tithes, take your seat. Can I have envelopes? This is our church account number. Please, if you are paying your tithes, use your cell phone number and your first name as the reference. Some people will contact you when we receive it, and they will send you the covenant blessing, a blessing every month that will guide your life and make sure that it is well with you. Hallelujah. If you have also been paying your tithe and you've not been receiving the covenant blessing, please let us know. It can easily mean that it is not arriving where you are sending it. Amen. Okay, so let's all of us do this. But in case you want to pay cash, I have an envelope for you. You need an envelope to pay your tithe. Come. God bless you. Because some, some people, they just started working. Their balance in their account is negative. So they are holding their money in cash. You need an envelope to pay your tithe. Or even the offering. You need to come to a place that your offering is big enough not to fit into your palm. You need an envelope for it. Come for it. A seed. An envelope for it. Are you there? Okay. So please lift your tithe, lift your offering, lift your uh, seed with your phone. If you are paying from your iPad or the iPad, take it. You are, you are watching me on Facebook, you are doing it from your computer. Take it, lift it, let's pray together, and God will bless us. Father, in the name of Jesus, in accordance with your word, Lord, we are bringing our tithes, our offering, our seed. Lord, it is holy unto you. We have not taken out from it. We have not consumed it. We have not used it for shoes and wigs and other things. Lord, even though we don't have all we need and we need money, but in honor of you, Lord, and our faith declaration that it is you who has helped us, who has brought us through to where we stand. 
that your name will be praised in our lives. Lord, honor your word. Fulfill your word. How you said that when we honor you, you will open the windows of heaven and bless us that there shall not be room enough to contain it. You said you will rebuke the devourer for our sake. Lord, and you will watch over us. You will cause us not to discount our investment. We will be prominent in this life. I pray. Let your word be fulfilled according to your word. You said when we give the offering, you cause men to give back unto us. Press down, shaking together and running over. Lord, we receive it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Are you excited to be part of Salvation Rally? No, 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 no. I don't feel the excitement. I'm saying, are you excited to be part of Salvation Rally? The person I'm about to introduce is our father in the ministry, is our father in Christ, and he's a ready preacher. Hallelujah. So he's here to talk to you. Put your hands together and welcome Bishop Napoleon Hexen. Hallelujah. Somebody lift your hands wherever you are. Lift your two hands to the Lord and thank him. Thank him for being in his presence. Don't take it for granted. Just say, Lord, thank you for bringing me here. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence. May my coming not be in vain. Let your will be done. Let your purposes be fulfilled. Oh, yes, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we lift our hands to you in acknowledgement, in surrender to your will and to your purpose for our lives. Lord, we thank you. We bless you for the opportunity you've given us to see another day. And Lord, to be included in the living. Lord, we pray that you will grant us the spirit of understanding, revelation, Lord, in the knowledge of your word. May we not be the same because we came. Have your way. And Lord, above all, let your will be done. Heal our bodies. Touch our hearts. Destroy every yoke, every burden, every confusion. I pray that your spirit, your countenance will come over us like never before. We give you all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. And all the saints shall shout and say, Amen. Amen. And Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody put your hands together and please be seated in heavenly places. Hallelujah. Wow, what a blessing. So last week, we began a very powerful series about a scripture that is in Obadiah. Obadiah 21. Now, Obadiah is only one chapter. So when we say Obadiah 21, is the verse. Hallelujah. Amen. And this powerful scripture, you know, when you have a dream, and when you have an encounter, whatever you will experience, if it is of God, you will find a source in the Bible. Hallelujah. So this scripture, can we read it together? One, go. And saviors shall come up on Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau 
and kingdom. Amen. So, maybe he did not even know it, but this uh, powerful man of God who founded the Salvation Army, his name is William Booth. Now, he had an encounter. He was a good Christian, a normal Christian, helping the Sunday school church and doing his normal work and all that. Okay? And he had an encounter, and in the encounter, he was sick. And in that vision, he died, and suddenly, he found himself in heaven. And he regretted that he did not live his life for Christ. He thought that he was living for God. He thought that he's a good Christian. He goes to church. He helps the Sunday school and things like that. But when he died in the dream and he was taken to heaven, he met with Jesus and he had the regret of his life. He prayed and said, I wish I would be given another opportunity to come on earth and correct what I did not do right. And it was like, it is not possible. But the Lord Jesus came and spoke to him and he said, go and become a savior of men. So that was what he was told. So when he came up, he he was like, what is this? That is when he found out that the Bible actually teaches that Jesus Christ is the savior of the world. Hallelujah. But this scripture is telling us that there shall be what? Saviors. Pure. It's not the savior. The savior is Jesus Christ. But this saviors is me and you. We are supposed to be saviors of men. I did not hear your loudest amen. That is what life is about. That is what life is about. Hallelujah. Remember that God created us for his purpose. And for his pleasure. If God had created man and subjected man to death, to poverty, to sickness, to all the miseries we find in life, that would have been a very bad plan that God can ever have. Because even me and you, you will not give birth to a child and plan the life of the baby to become a poor person to become ill, to become diseased, hungry, frustrated, depressed. How many want your children to be better than you? Will you plan the life of your own children to be worse than you? And we are not as good as God. So how can a good God plan the life of man, create a man and plan his life that he can have HIV, he can have COVID, he can have uh, uh, what do you call it, SARS, he can have, no. That is not the plan of God for mankind. Something happened to the plan of God. Hallelujah. Something happened. When God created man, Lucifer got enraged. That why is man the attention, the subject of attention of God? When you read Psalm 4, Bible says that when we look at your creation, the moon, the stars, and all that you have created. For your information, the earth, our planet, the earth is one of the smallest planets you can think of. It's very, very small. So even the earth is not big enough. And the inhabitant of the earth, what would they be? Do you understand? So the angels were saying, can you go to Psalms? He said, when we look at your creation, they said, the moon and the stars, you did not even create it with your hands. You, they are the works of your fingers. 
He created all these great things. They are the works of your fingers. Is it there? Yeah, when I consider the heavens, the works, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, where thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful? When I look at, do you know that Jupiter has 54 moons? Jupiter has, you know, now they have uh, created James uh, Webb Telescope that they are, they've sent to the space and they are discovering things that they have never even imagined. They are seeing that there are more planets, there are more things that they can't even explain now. So all these things they know exist and God doesn't bother to even show us that this is there, this is there. So the angels were confounded. So when we look at the things you've created, Look at this little imps creature. What is man? That your mind is full of man. You wake up thinking about man. You go to sleep. Man has become your walking thoughts and your sleeping dream. Everything your mind. Some of us, our mind is full of food. I'm preaching. Some of us, our mind is full of marriage. Some of us, we are mindful of money. Your mind is full of money. Your mind is full. Something is what has taken you. But God, his mind was full of man. So they could not understand. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And what is the son of man that you leave us in heaven and you visit? We can't understand. That is what brought the rebellion. That is why Lucifer had to say it will cause man to rise up and rebel against God. Because of how God loved us. So it's a pity and it's a sad thing if a man rises up and rebel against God. It's like you have joined Satan to torment. We are the reason why Lucifer became Satan. Because he could not understand what is man that you, you are mindful the angels don't have any ability to reproduce. They are created. And he could not understand even man. You have given him ability to be like you. He has ability to reproduce after his kind. Which angels could not do. So it, it stirred up Lucifer. It stirred him. That's what happened. So that is why he came to encourage Adam and Eve to rebel against God. That is what happened to God's creation. So when they succeeded and Adam and Eve ate the fruits in the garden, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, they disobeyed God. So the plan that God had for man, God destroyed. God did not create me and you to die. No. He said the day you will eat, the day you will sin, the day you will disobey, the day you will do what I have told you not to do, you will die. That is what brought Satan is the cause of our problem. And he is still the engineer of all the things you are going through. That is why, I mean, the human race is, is facing a lot of hardships. That is not the plan of God. God did not pl- plan that I'm creating man. Look at that. When somebody dies, how painful it is. You cannot take the person you cannot hug the person. You need to take, even if the room is, uh, 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 the burden says, you need to take him somewhere, bury him. So painful. So painful. How can God create a man and subject him to death? 
poverty, sickness, this misery. No, that is not the plan of God. Something happened to the plan of God. Can I have your loudest amen? amen? And they attempt to get back to God with did and did could not. So God sent his son to come and die. Hallelujah. Amen. Because the Bible says, just like in, in, in Hebrews chapter 9 verse number 22, Bible says, in the law, almost everything is pegged or is cleansed by the blood. Without the shedding of the blood, there is no remission of sins. Just like saying that in the kitchen, in your house, almost cleaning, when you want to clean, when you want to mop, everything can be cleaned by water. Without water, even if you use soap, if you use uh, uh, omo, sanitizer, water will have to be used. Almost everything is cleansed. Almost everything is cleansed by water. Without, without using water, nothing will be clean. So the law also is, without the shedding of the blood, there is no forgiveness. There is no, there is no forgiveness. Hallelujah. That is what it is. That's why Jesus had to come and die. So that we will be cleansed. Our sins. Hallelujah. Because, look, they tried to use the blood of bulls, goats, sheep, it was not working. And Jesus had to come. Hallelujah. Yeah. So Jesus came to die for the whole world. The Bible said he came to seek and to save the lost. Uh, Luke chapter 19 verse number 10. Hallelujah. Yeah. Bible said he lived just to die. To purchase our pardon. He redeemed us with his own blood. Back onto our God. Hallelujah. Yeah. He bought us back. He bought us back until he redeemed us. He bought us back unto our God. Hallelujah. So any sinner, any arm robber, any scully, any prostitute, anyone you see outside there, Jesus has already paid for whatever he has done. Hallelujah. That is why he is the savior of the world. Amen. But not only that. Then now he commits unto us that we should also become saviors of men to help redeem, call the people who don't know what he has done. Hallelujah. That is what the Bible says. Saviors of men, saviors shall come up on, on, on Mount Zion in the church. That is why somebody came to call you. The purpose of the church is not to preach to make people happy. The purpose of the church is not just to preach about money, excitement. No, the church is to go out there and become saviors of men. Saviors of men. Call the people that you don't need to go to hell because Jesus has died already for you. His blood has been shed. You don't need to. You don't need to do anything. You just need to come. Hallelujah. That is why somebody came to call you. The church is rising up to become the savior of men. Men, men, you need to become the savior of men. You need to become a savior of man. Save your family. Let them not go to hell. You cannot allow your brothers and sisters, your siblings. Some of us, our mothers, have sold all their uh, inheritance to look after us. You are born again. And your mother is not born again, but you don't care about, about her. I'm talking about making yourself saviors of men. You need to rise up, my brother, my sister. 
whatever you have in this life. The Bible says that we came into this world with nothing. And it is certain we can carry nothing out. Whether you have a building, you have a car, you have billion. The day you will die, you will never take anything. People will decide even what they should bury you with. Somebody you don't like will be the one custodian of your money. Soon and very soon, it will not even be 120 years. It will be over. It will be over. And you will have to account how you have lived your Christian life for God. Whether you lived the life that God wanted you to do. God wants all of us to be saviors of men. God wants everyone. He sent Moses to go to Pharaoh and to tell Pharaoh, let my people go that they may serve me. Not let my people go so that the priest will serve me. Everybody who belongs to God is supposed to serve God. Everybody who is set free. Everybody who is born again. You are set free to set others free. You are delivered to deliver other people. You become a deliverer of men. Many people can go to heaven through your life, my brother. Many people can avoid hell if only you warn them and you invite them. Make yourself saviors of men. Hallelujah. And when and where was this commission given? So those who, you know, the apostle Thomas, Jesus is at the doubter. When Jesus resurrected and went to heaven, he went to China, uh, uh, India, Chennai. He was killed there, so they have built a temple there. But a modern day missionary by name William Carey, William Carey went to India also to do uh, missionary work. He said, he wrote a book, and the title of the book is An Enquiry into the obligation of a Christian. An inquiry into the obligation. What is the obligation of a Christian? And he answered, to use every means possible for the conversion of the unbeliever or the heathen. The obligation of every Christian is to use every means possible. Every means. Inviting, threatening, forcing, driving, persuading every means possible I'm talking the inquiry into the obligation of a Christian is to use every means possible if we can pay your transportation we will bring you to church if we can scare you out of hell we will scare you out of hell if we can threaten you to go to heaven we will do it after all some people have forced you to sleep with you Has somebody not forced you to sleep with you? And you are still here. What about if I'm forcing you to go to heaven? When you get to heaven, you don't like jump out to, uh, out to hell. Yeah. I am encouraged by what William Carey said. That the, 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 the inquiry of the obligation of a Christian is to use every means possible for the conversion of the heathen. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. And when you look into the Bible, that is what we call the, the great commission. God has commissioned the church. God has commissioned his army. God did not commission us to go and preach about money. Look at the subject that we are preaching today on our televisions and the radios and things. How to make your first million. 
how, how, how to have a house that you have not uh, worked for. How to different things, millionaires' kids. How to invest in stock. And this, uh, this is accounting. This is, not, uh, this is not the word of God. The word of God is how can ordinary person use every means to get his family, to get another person to go to heaven. That is, that is the whole duty of a man. Ecclesiastes said, the whole duty of a man is to fear God and to keep his commandment. And the weight of a dying man. Nobody who is dying talks about frivolous things. Yeah. If somebody is dying, you are not going to. That's why when you hear that somebody is dead, they are interested. What did he say? What did she say before he died? Because everybody is interested. If you see somebody is dying, you will not say that. Oh, uh, cook this. I like. He will not talk about food. He will talk about what is important. And the last words of Jesus when he was living on earth, when Jesus was living, was the Great Commission. So I want you. I want you to see how he spoke about what we should be doing. Not, not, not once. When he was about to go, he began every conversation, every opportunity he had to speak to people. He spoke about what is important. Because he knew he was about to live. After his resurrection. In, in Acts chapter 1. Quickly. Verse number 1 to 3. Look at it. Acts chapter 1 verse number 1 to 3. The Bible says. The former treaties have I made all cheerfulness. Of, the, of all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Okay. Until the day. In which he was taken up. After that, he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Look at verse number three. Verse three. Okay. To whom also he what? Showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. Being seen of them 40 days. And speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So when Jesus resurrected, he had 40 days to be on earth. He showed himself to different people. More than 500 people see him even at once. And when he was about to leave, anytime he met the people, he, he could only speak what is important. The 40 days after his resurrection, when he was, I mean, manifesting himself to different people, he could only talk about what is important. So that is what I'm sharing with you quickly. Where was the great commission given? Where was it given? Are you here? Where was the great commission given or delivered? Are you here? Number one. Matthew's great commission was given on the mountain, on a mountain in Galilee. Jesus met them. How many remember when uh, Mary Magdalene went to see Jesus at the at the sepulchre? He told he told he told her, "Go and tell my brothers, the apostles, that I'm going to meet with them in Galilee." How many remember? Yeah, yeah, that is the commission. So, in Matthew chapter 28, verse number 16. In Matthew chapter 28, verse number 16. I'm told the light will go off at a point. So, we'll cut it short in all righteousness. 
Matthew chapter 28, verse number 16. The Bible says, are you there? Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mount where Jesus had appointed them. Verse number 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye, therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Hallelujah. So he met with them in Galilee. And remember that Jesus did not promise that he would be with everybody. He says those who will go and talk about him. That is why some Christians are depressed. Because Jesus has promised to be with the people who will go. He said, Lord, I will be with you. Those who will go and preach the gospel. Go ye and I will be with you. So when you are a Christian and you see that God is not with you, it means that you are not telling people about who Jesus is. He did not promise that he will be with everyone. He will be with those who will go and tell other people. Hallelujah. Number two. Mark's great commission was given to him when Jesus appeared to his disciples at a dinner time. Even at a dinner, he was talking about the great commission when they, they were eating. They could not talk about, oh, the food is nice. You know, Jesus really liked uh, uh, sushi. Yeah, Jesus, he liked great fish. If he was in Cape Town, he would always be in ocean basket. Because when you read the Bible, you see that it's always grilling fish. Fish and bread and different things. My God. (laughs) Hallelujah. In Mark chapter 16, when you read from verse number 9, look at it. Mark chapter 16, verse number 9. Quickly. Now when Jesus was risen early, the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. Listen to me. It doesn't matter how your life used to be. Seven devils. Mary Magdalene, can I tell you something? She was the one who was caught in the very act. She was the one that they gave her time to wear her panties. You remember? That people took stones that they wanted to stone. It doesn't matter your history. You may have taken somebody's husband. But if you are born again now, if 30 demons has come out of you, God will still use you. The apostles, the apostles who never slept with anybody, they were still crying. Emotional people, go to the verse number 10 and see. Bible says, she went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. Peter and people, they were still crying. When, when, when a prostitute who have been born again and demons have cast out, they were looking for Jesus in the tomb. Your past is not as important. That's why sometimes the people that are unlikely, they are the ones that God used most. She was a prostitute. He was give, she was given time to wear her panties. Seven demons. Seven is the number perfect. It means that he was perfectly possessed. Perfectly possessed. But she was the one who came and told the apostles. They had the one who had revelation. You are the son of God. You are the big talking. 
But when Jesus was not there, they were still crying. Emotional things doesn't. But Mary Magdalene had to put herself together. And she was the one who came to speak to. Verse number 15. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven. As they sat at meat. They were sad morning, but they could eat, you see. <laughs> and I breathed them. That means he rebuked them with their unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they believed not them which had seen him after he was raised. The next verse says, and he said unto them, go ye. Can you see another one? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them. You see, the first one, Matthew, he did not say that one. This one, the next time, he said, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Jesus is saying the same thing. He was about to go to heaven forever and ever. And he meets people. Supper, lunch, dinner. He's still talking about what they need to do. And the church has forgotten about Jesus. And what he said before he left. We are doing fan face. Now churches are doing manicure and pedicure for the members. Members of our churches don't even know what they believe in. How they got born again. Members of our church don't know who Jesus is. They don't understand how the blood became so powerful. They don't know that it is a Lord that without the shedding of the blood, you cannot be forgiven. And pastors, we are preaching millionaire's kids. We will end up in heaven. That is why if you are part of this church, thank God. Thank God. There in this church, there is no first timer. There is no new member. Everybody is a servant of God. From the day you join. Your portion is invite somebody. Even if you don't know what is, you come, you come, come. God will save your life. You let us go to the church. Number three, Luke's great commission was given at a dinner in Jerusalem. The first one was given in where? Galilee. This one, Mary Magdalene told them, Luke wrote his great commission when they were also eating in Jerusalem. Are you there? In Luke chapter 24, verse number 33, Bible says, And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. Jesus, you see, he came even after his, to break bread, to eat with them. It was wonderful. And as they thus speak, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit has not flesh and bones. 
Anytime you think that somebody wants to frighten you that is a ghost, Jesus is saying that a spirit doesn't have flesh and bones. Read the Bible. So when you can handle the person, it's not a spirit. <laughs> Don't be afraid. It's not a spirit. It's a sangoma who has come to frighten you. Jesus said that a spirit doesn't have bones. It doesn't have <laughs> flesh. Where am I? As you see me have. He said, you can see me. I have flesh. I have bones. I have blood. I am not a spirit. I am a human that have resurrected. Because a spirit doesn't have all these things. For a spirit has no flesh and bones, as ye see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed, him, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye, have ye, here, have ye here any meat? They gave him a piece of boiled fish. I told you Jesus likes sushi. <laughs> and of an honeycomb. And he took it and did it before them. And he said unto them, These are the words which I speak to you, while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding, that they might understand the scriptures. And he said unto them, This thus it is written, and thus it is behold Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Jesus again said, remission, repentance. Go and tell everybody, is that what we are doing as a church? Is that what we are doing? Even sometimes people come to church. When he said invite people, they said, oh, I just came. No. The work of the church, there is nothing Jesus will have you to do. Heaven is far better than earth. He's left you here to help with the great commission. Can I hear your loudest amen? amen? Number four, John's great commission. See that all these people, do you know that's why we call Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John the synoptic gospel. If something happens, listen carefully, if something happens, even as I'm preaching now, if after the preaching, I asked four people, what was I preaching? Everybody will give different account. Depending on the vocabulary you have, the memory, the understanding. Are you getting it? Yeah. So that is what happened. So the different times that Jesus appeared to them, everybody saw it. What was important. So John took this one. He said, hey, when he appeared at the dinner, it was wild. Luke said that this one is what was it stood out for me. This one said, the one at Galilee is what I will write. This one said, the, the, the one at Jerusalem, the one at the dinner. So, sometimes you are writing, but it's like this one, the way he said it is, is very important. So, John's account, you will see it in John chapter 21. John chapter 21, verse 1 up to 15. For the lack of time, let me tell you this. After Jesus died and resurrected. Now Peter and co, he had trained them for uh, three and a half years. Bible says that now Peter said to the people that I go a fishing. The, 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 the apostles were only 12. At the time this was happening, Judas had already died, betrayed Jesus, and how many remember? 
So how many will be left? It was left with 11. And Peter took seven out of the 11. Hey! He took seven out of the 11. Let's read it. He took seven out of the 11 to continue his fishing. That is why Jesus had to come and appear and say, Hey, Peter, what are you doing? What are you doing? What? You, you, you did not even go away. You have taken more than uh, two texts. Judas is gone. You are left and taking seven to go fishing. <laughs> that is why John wrote it. He said, no, 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 this one is so important. <laughs> After this thing, Jesus showed himself again to the disciple at the Sea of Tiberias. Can you see that the Galilee one is different from the Jerusalem one? This one is by the Sea of Tiberias. And on this why show he himself. This is the reason why. <laughs> they were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Canaan, Canaan in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, that means John and James, and the two other disciples. Number three. Simon said unto them, I go a fishing. They said unto him, We go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately and that night they caught nothing he took seven people that is why jesus came verse number 15 quickly as we go you have the bible you can read it (laughs) so jesus came after all that jesus came so when they had dined so jesus came and said children have you any meat they said no we've talked all night we did not catch anything then said okay let your net down Mm -hmm. And when they did it, they had a, a, a bumper harvest that they couldn't handle. Then suddenly, John said, that, no, this thing, it is the Lord. So, Peter jumped into the water, swam into the shore. And John made his way after him. But when he came, Jesus said, go and bring some of the fish that you've caught so that we can have brine. Jesus likes spicy fish, I tell you. Grilled spicy fish is his favorite with, with uh, pita bread, naan bread. I'm telling you. But Bible says that before he even brought the fish, he noticed that Jesus had already grilled fish. Before they brought the one that they've caught, he had already grilled fish and bread waiting. He did not wait for them to bring the fish. It's time you are coming to unscale it. You don't have spices. So God has, you see, he was showing them that I can give you more than fish. The fish that you are looking for. I have fish, spice, great with bread. I have all. You don't need to do it. If you need something, ask me. Don't leave the work I have given you. Some of us, you are disobedient to what God wants you to do because you think that God cannot take care of you. But Jesus showed Peter. Jesus said, when you even have the fresh fish, I will give you the great one, spiced with bread. Are you there? So verse number 15, that's the most uh, important conversation that we hear. So when they had dined, Jesus, wait, when they finish eating. See that when you are eating, and the grilled fish is nice. You then, mm, wow. Look what the master today, he did the thing nice. <laughs> they, they were eating, they were eating. When they finished eating, 
Jesus said unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than this? Do you love me more than this fish and this food that you eat? Some of us, the reason why we can't save God is what you will eat. And God is asking you, do you love me? People are dying, going to hell. And because of what you eat, you cannot invite somebody. Lovest thou me more than this? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lives. Then when you continue, verse number 16, he said unto him again, the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. And the third time, he said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things that thou, thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. He was about to go to heaven. And his concern, feed the lambs, the little ones who cannot help themselves. Like the song that our sister was helping. I want to help people who cannot help themselves. I want to go and help the people who are lost and dying. The people, pastors, we are looking for uh, 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 KFC managers. People who are supervisors in, uh, 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 what do you call, McDonald's. If you are not say, selling onion rolls and catching material, it's like you are not important. You need to have a BMW. You need to have a Range Rover before we think that you are important. But Jesus said, that, feed my lamb. Feed the lamb doesn't even have, a, what do you call it, fair, a skin that you can benefit. The people who cannot help themselves. They don't have transportation. They can't even pass grade six. They pump the English. Their English is English. Yeah, one guy, one lady told me that pastor, my teacher teaches us English with Tosa. <laughs> yeah, it's a teacher. But Jesus said, feed my lamb, feed my sheep, tender them, care for them. I'm talking about the great commission. You see that a dying man, what is important? What is important, my brother, my sister? There's nothing important in this world to do. You will see it. When you are about to exit and check out from this world, you notice that whatever you have labored for will not count. It's the people you have won for God. It's the help you are giving to people. Marriages of people you have saved. People's children that you have helped them. Drug addicts, people who have committed suicide that you helped them. People that you have visited. People that you have prayed for. These are the things that are going to follow you. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your effort. I'm sure that our heads are a little bigger than that of a chicken. We can see. Eternity is coming. Look at the nuclear war that they are talking about. We don't know when it is happening. But be ready. And the last one for today, as we go, is the Great Commission in Acts was giving on the Mount Olives just before he ascended into the clouds. Just before he was taken into the clouds, he was still talking about the Great Commission. Hey! At dinner, he was talking about it. In Jerusalem, he was talking about it. In Galilee, by the seaside, he was always talking about what we should do. And what are we doing as a church? Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. Bible says, by ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. 
Hallelujah. And you shall be my witnesses. On, you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the world. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost, you speak in tongues. There are nine, nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And there are nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. If you have any of them, you have the Holy Spirit. I said there are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Speaking in tongues, having dreams, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, discernment of spirits, word of knowledge, diverse kinds of tongues, and word of wisdom. Hmm? Yeah. The power gifts, we group them into three. The power gift, the gift of healing, working of miracles, and discernment of spirits. These are the power gifts. And the utterance one, the one that we speak, tongues, diverse kinds of tongues, and prophecy. Then we come to the last one of the eye. Visions, discernment of what? Spirit, uh-huh. Word of knowledge and word of wisdom. Nine. If you have any of them, you have the Holy Spirit. Then we have the fruit of the Spirit. Love, faith, patience, meekness, gentleness, self-control or temperance. If you have any of this, you have the Holy Ghost. And Bible says that when the power of the Holy Ghost come upon you, it is not to go and eat food at waterfront. You need to know why the Holy Spirit is giving. It's for you to be a witness. Can you see? You shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is where you stay. Then the next place, Judea. Judea is the next place from where you stay. The people look like you. And Samaria is people who look different from you. And the outermost is people who are further away from you. So he said that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will preach to people where you stay who look like you. Then second, you preach people who look like you but are a little further. Then the third group, people who don't look like you. They have different accent. They have different tradition. They have. Samaritans are different. Samaritans. They were the Kalets. They were the, the Bible said that the Jews did not have anything dealing with the Samaritans because they were different. So God wants us to reach out to people who are different from us before you go to the outermost. Are you there? And when he has spoken these words, while they beheld, he was taken up just before the flight lifted. This is where they say, you will receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you will not stay in the church. You will not give prophecies. Now pastors, we lay hands on people when they fall down. Then that is, yeah, we show that we are men of God. The Holy Spirit is not displayed. It's not given to us to display that we can, we can let people fall down. It's given so that we will be witnesses. So if you are in the church and you are not a witness, and when was the first time you received the Holy Ghost? It's when you got born again. Without the Holy Spirit, you can't be born again. Yeah. So when you get born again, you are supposed to be a witness to those around you. Hallelujah. Amen. As we close, may the Lord cause you to understand ah, that you are here not because not because God does not have a good place for you in heaven he has a better place for you but he wants you to be here to help others to come hallelujah 
8 billion sinners, unbelievers are in the world. Why would God just take you home? That's why even in the midst of the COVID, he protected you so that you'll be around to help his work. My brother, my sister, that is why somebody came to talk to you. There's no trick about it. There is nothing. We, it is a plain fact that we are here to help others to come to heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you here? Amen. We are here to help others. If you are a Christian, if you have ever believed, or if you are here to believe, as you believe today, as you get born again, just uh, after being born again, your work has started. Amen. Talking to other people to go to heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. And as you do, God will bless you. Stand to your feet. We hope you've been blessed by the word of God. Please worship with us every Sunday at 10 a.m. at LCI Megachurch, Lewisham Way, 79 Parklands Main Road, Cape Town, South Africa.